0: Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. I've just learned we lost Larry Tesler two days ago. As one of many at Apple who helped push the limits of fiercely simple user interface design, Larry was a prominent figure at Xerox PARC, a significant contributor to the Lisa, and was eventually vice president of the Newton Group. I'm ashamed to say I didn't have any Larry Tesler stories on hand, So I thought I'd let Larry tell you about what is arguably his most significant work in his own words.
1: The idea of the Lisa was to have something that was very, very easy to use. People loved the Apple II, which was what we had at the time at Apple, but it took a long time to learn how to use it. And uh, what we wanted to end up with was something that was easy to learn. And just to show you that we did do that, this is a study done at the end, for all but one user using Lisa list. it was under 20 minutes to get through the core competency to use the application. And if you ever had a chance to use a Lisa, then uh, you'll see that it was extremely easy and in many ways uh, more bulletproof, I'd say, than the Mac. Not simpler than the Mac, actually, but we loaded a lot of things into it to try to make it so people couldn't get themselves in trouble.
0: Macworld Magazine, September 1985. The Legacy of the Lisa by Larry Tesler. Reflecting on how the Lisa changed personal computing. On April 29, 1985, Apple announced that it would cease production of the Macintosh XL computer, formerly known as the Lisa. As a member of the group that helped create the Lisa, I couldn't help but feel a pang when I heard the news. Yet, my overriding feeling is one of gratification. In its brief product cycle, the Lisa changed people's expectations of a personal computer. Among Apple's products, the Lisa spawned not only the Macintosh, but also the mouse text option on the Apple II. Even IBM PC products were heavily influenced by the technology, including Visicorp's Visa On, Microsoft Windows, Digital Research's GEM, Ashton Tate's Framework, and IBM's Top View. The user interface was the most publicized characteristic of the Lisa. It introduced a host of ideas that have been widely emulated, ranging from how columns are widened in a spreadsheet to how people are notified of mistakes and problems. When the Lisa development team designed the user interface, we borrowed good ideas from wherever we could find them. For example, the Lisa borrowed pop-up menus and overlapping windows from Smalltalk status lines from VisiCalc, and automatic removal of extra spaces after text deletion from Douglas Engelbart's research at SRI International. But the LISA user interface was not a copy of any that preceded it. It was distinctive. It was the first to feature the now familiar menu bar, the one-button mouse, the clipboard, and the trash can. Although the Xerox Star had icons, The Lisa was the first product to let you drag them with the mouse, open them by double-clicking, and watch them zoom into overlapping windows. To minimize the time it would take people to learn to use the Lisa, Apple technical writers, programmers, and marketers struggled for two years to find suitable terminology to appear in menus, dialogues, alerts, and manuals our foreign language translators spent months more choosing the corresponding terms in French, Italian, German, Spanish, and other languages. It may come as a surprise that terms like revert, plain text, align left, clipboard, and panel were difficult to coin and even more difficult to agree upon. When we studied Visicalc, we discovered that people had trouble interpreting the term general format which means that a number typed into a spreadsheet cell is right-justified, while text is left-justified. After extensive brainstorming and testing of LisaCalc, we chose words left, numbers right, which was self-explanatory, if a bit verbose. Much has been made of the high cost and five-year development time of the Lisa. True, the development was expensive, but it did not take five years. The first LISA was shipped in may nineteen eighty three. Five years earlier in nineteen seventy eight, Apple had launched a project codenamed LISA, but that project's goal was quite different from what the LISA eventually became. In early nineteen eighty, after Apple's senior staff visited Xerox's Palo Alto Research Center PARC, to see a demonstration of small talk, the goal was completely redefined. Only the code name some of the hardware components and a few of the staff members stayed the same. I was the park employee who gave Apple the small talk demonstration. Impressed by the perspicacity of the visiting Apple staff members, I resolved to join their company, which I did in July 1980. Rich Page had just built the first Lisa prototype incorporating a sample 68,000 microprocessor from Motorola. Apple's small but energetic Lisa development team was debating the relative merits of one, two, and three-button mice. No software had been designed except a tiny prototype of LisaWrite written on an Apple II. Some thought had been given to the user interface, but there was no menu bar, no icons, and only one scroll bar on the left side of each window. In the summer of 1980, a group headed by Bill Atkinson and myself defined the ground rules of the user interface. Today, those rules are familiar to anyone who uses a Macintosh or a Lisa. Bill prototyped pull-down menus and a one-button mouse, along with alternatives to this scheme. I had a number of people use the prototypes to compare the relative merits of those designs. That autumn, Bruce Daniels hired most of the software group. Although the majority had never seen a mouse before, they plunged into the design of the operating system the window manager quickdraw lisa calc lisa draw lisa graph lisa list and the desktop manager or finder as manager of the 20 person application software group i was pressured constantly for schedules and priorities my associate peggy stanford tried a number of project scheduling programs but none were satisfactory One day, at a meeting of my staff, I described my dream scheduling system. Steve Young mentioned the concept to his wife, Debbie Wilrett. She promptly quit her job at another computer company and in a few incredible weeks created the first prototype of Lisa Project. We relied heavily on that program throughout the remainder of the development period. The marketing department was impressed by its utility and decided to make it a product. One story that was exaggerated in books and articles was the tension between the Lisa and Macintosh teams. As in any friendly rivalry, some individuals took the competition too seriously. By and large, the teams gave each other moral and technical support. Half the Macintosh programmers came from the Lisa group, and most of those were working on both Lisa and Macintosh tasks at the same time. We were saddened when the merger of our divisions forced the elimination of many duplicate and obsolete jobs, but most of the displaced employees found positions elsewhere in the company, and the rest discovered that Lisa developers are well-regarded in Silicon Valley. Newspapers and magazines like to feature stars, and as a result, a few members of the Lisa team received the lion's share of the publicity and credit for the product. Everyone who worked on the Lisa knows that it was a team endeavor. My most lasting memory will be of how much everybody cared about the quality of the product. Every 80-hour work week, every canceled vacation, every hot debate, and every wrenching management decision was motivated by one common driving force. We wanted our product to be the best. By my reckoning, the LISA engineering effort took three years from product definition and first prototype to full production. In the end, we had produced the first multitasking windowing system for a personal computer. In my opinion, the LISA office system still outclasses its IBM PC imitators more than two years after its first public demonstration. I am sure that every former member of the Lisa development team is proud of our accomplishment. We put our hearts, minds, and lives into fulfilling a dream. Its role in the product line will be filled by the 512K Macintosh with a 20MB hard disk and integrated applications. The Lisa manufacturing line may be closed, but the accomplishment lives on in the lower-cost, higher-performance Macintosh. Larry Tesler continues at Apple Computer as manager of a group exploring software development methodology.
1: One of the principles, though, that was in the Smalltalk environment was uh, to have no modes. And there was actually uh, a photograph of a t-shirt that was made for me by a friend that uh, said don't mode me in, that uh, represented sort of this, this mission I was on to try to eliminate all modes from user interfaces which isn't necessarily a good idea, but it was definitely the mission I was on.
2: So one of the ways that Mac Paint uh, influenced later software like Photoshop was it was the first instance of tool palettes. We were working on a graphics editor on the Lisa that was modeless. You stretch out a rectangle of marching ants and then say, put an oval in it. And I was saying, well, it would be much better if we could see the oval while we're stretching it out. Larry Tesler had learned that modes are bad. Larry actually had a license plate. No modes. California plate. You know, the the old text editors used to get into delete mode and now wherever you move the cursor it'd be like a machine gun and go uh, delete all that. And it would be better to select a range and then say delete that or cut or copy or make it bold or do something else to it. That was modeless. So select and then operate on. It seemed to me that what we knew about modes are bad was creating a blind spot that any person who didn't have that particular dogma would see immediately you pick up a crayon and you're drawing with a crayon for a while you set it down and you pick up a pencil now you're drawing with a pencil so i made a little mock-up of a structured graphics editor and showed them oh you can dip in a rectangle tool and now stretch out rectangles you can dip in a select tool and i can select things Well, that was the first tool palette, to my knowledge, and it was in reaction to the problem of being in a mode. But if you're going to be in a mode, it's got to be visible. So one of those tools is highlighted big time to say, "Okay, we're in paintbrush now versus now we're in the pencil tool. So at least the mode that we're in is documented on this tool palette by it being lit up. And also the cursor would change too to let you know which tool you were in.
0: Macworld Reader Mail, December 1985 If Larry Tesler felt pangs when Lisa, a.k.a. Macintosh XL, production terminated, I and, I believe, thousands of other Lisa users suffered heartbreak. My company, Group 4 Construction Project Services, and its affiliates own eight Lisa computers and five Macintoshes. We have well over 50,000 labor hours invested in those machines, both in our construction business and as a software developer. The power and ease of use of the Lisa continue to amaze me, even after two and a half years of continuous use. As great a machine as the Macintosh is, our training period for employees is much shorter, and the productivity of our staff is far greater with the Lisa office system. Tesla's group developed the most significant operating system for the office since the introduction of personal computers. He and his colleagues should be praised for brilliant work. For our applications, the Macintosh is a compromise on the issue of office productivity. We are optimistic, however, that Lisa's true legacy will be a Lisa-class computer within the Macintosh product line. Bert Warbington, Nashville, Tennessee Sidebar, The Lisa's Influence the Lisa affected the design of many personal computers. Listed here are Lisa innovations that were incorporated into the Macintosh. Hardware: mouse design and image writer printer. User interface: menu bar, pull-down menus, keyboard activated menu commands, printing dialog boxes, appearance, structure and operation of windows and scroll bars. Ability to move windows and icons by dragging them with the mouse. Windows that zoom to open and close. Dialog and alert boxes with buttons and checkboxes for selecting choices. Individual software packages. Quickdraw graphics are identical on the Lisa and the Macintosh. Lisa Project was converted for Macintosh to become Mac Project. LisaDraw was converted for Macintosh to become MacDraw. Lisa Terminal, Lisa Wright, Lisa Calc, Lisa Graph, and Lisa List influenced the design of Macintosh applications. The Lisa Desktop Manager influenced the design of the Macintosh Finder. The Lisa Printing Software heavily influenced the Macintosh printer and driver equivalent. Lisa Pascal is still the principal language used to develop software for the Macintosh. You can hear more of Larry's story in his own words if you watch the November 2011 panel discussion on Steve Jobs' legacy. Look for the link at macfolkloreradio.com slash extras. Thanks for listening. I welcome your podcast article requests and old Mac banter of any kind by email. Drop me a line at Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K, at macfolkloreradio.com.